was being passed around as an outline for today and uh, something that we're going to use today. I was informed since I uh, didn't do it two weeks ago and I had to write myself a note, but I forgot to write myself a note this time, so I'm going to introduce myself first <laughs> in, instead of near the end of the... Uh, I was going, almost going to say lead. By the way, this is not an AA meeting. Okay, it's a, a workshop on AA. It's a workshop basically going to be of my opinion, but that opinion is drawn on uh, uh, experience in working the steps in my study of the big book, uh, good sponsorship, good home group, uh, and the like. But nonetheless, it is my opinion. Uh, and so if it conflicts with anybody's knowledge, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. Don't, don't throw it out right away. Please sit and uh, meditate on what I say, uh, because most of what I say, and I like to believe that all of what I'm going to say is going to be reflected in the big book where you can find it, uh, or in the experience of the founders. And uh, I'll uh, hopefully cite exactly uh, what I mean as we go along. But my name is Chris Dowdell. I'm a recovered alcoholic. And, and welcome. Welcome to everyone. Before we start, I usually say the set-aside prayer. And I say this prayer before I read any of the work that comes before me uh, in when I'm on my journey. And I'm on my journey hopefully 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And the set-aside prayer, uh, if we have a moment of silence. God, please help me set aside everything I think I know about myself, my disease, these steps, and especially you. I pray for an open mind. That must be the edited form that I don't have in my big book, and my apologies to you. We, we can screw up right, right, right away. Uh, uh, I, that's right, I did give it out last week. Okay. But I hope, uh, hopefully I'm more prepared than that. Over the last three weeks, we hit uh, the first three steps, uh, the first four steps. And the first step being one of hopeless, truly hopeless, that we're alcoholic. It's not that we can't drink. It's that we're alcoholic. And that's our first step in, uh, in recovery. We finally take our inventory and seeing our alcoholism for what it is and what it's been doing to us and how I see that I am hopeless to do anything alone away from my God, which is the natural uh, awareness that one comes from when we take our first step inventory. All, uh, all our living out there has been to build up resistance, denial, uh, and a defense against that knowledge uh, that we are hopeless in the inability not to drink. That's why one of the things that we're told when we first come around program, uh, don't drink, is really inapplicable to the alcoholic because I have, I don't, I lack the ability of choice. I cannot not drink, so therefore telling me not to drink uh, is really irrelevant. And that's why uh, in, in the early days of AA, they tried to get the prospect through the steps even before they went to their first meeting. They tried to acquaint them with the powerlessness. Because see, once I start uh, putting some time under my belt, the delusion comes back in that I'm doing it myself. Even though I'm biting the bullet, white knuckling it and whatnot, 
I don't have the ability to, to sustain sobriety if, uh, if I identify myself as a real alcoholic, and we talked about that. My second step uh, is the awareness that since I can't do it by myself, I need something more powerful than myself, all right? Uh, and to me, it's not the doorknob. Uh, although in early sobriety I thought it was a radiator, I was going to ask my, uh, no, uh, if you listen, this is how I was going to use the radiator. I was going to ask my uh, wife at the time to handcuff me to the radiator because I feared drinking. Now, a radiator would have been my higher power, okay, at that particular time. It does not work, okay. It hasn't worked for me. That's my experience. That's the experience of the founders. The third step, and... Most of this is an internal, but hopefully worked through with a sponsor, uh, the awarenesses and the understanding. And then I have the biggest decision in my life to make over that first inventory that I make. And that first inventory that I'm going to make uh, is me being an alcoholic. The answer to that inventory is that I need God in my life. My third uh, action in program is to see that and sit and take pause and truly ask myself if I want to stop drinking for the rest of my life and based on my first step experience, am I willing to turn my will and my life over and do anything? Am I willing to do anything to stay sober? See that anything, the underlying uh, operative word is anything is because I'm going to kill my ego as I know it. I'm going to kill myself as I know it. All the things that I think I know, I have to be willing to throw out the window, all right? Because everything I know only did one thing for me. Even though I knew a lot of, quote, good things, and I don't really believe in good or bad things, they were things that were inappropriately used. And that's what we're going to go across today in our six and seven steps, uh, is the things that I used to keep me out there, that I was very effective at it, so I did a good job out there. Because I kept that awareness out of my consciousness and I went uh, down the road into alcoholism because I was a strong person, not a weak one. The weak ones die long before they get here. Okay? Uh, you know, they say we're a bunch of weak people, they. Okay? All right? I dare one of them to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning after getting home at 5, shower, and go to work. I dare them. That's not a weak person, okay? All right? So what we put ourselves through is implicit. Although I come in here with the thought that I'm a weak person. There's the duality. There's, there, there, there's the misconception. There's the misperception of me, the alcoholic, that I can live in the same world, think of me in two different ways. That I'm weak, but yet prove that I'm strong in all those uh, areas. Okay? So the decision that I make is that I'm willing to go to any length, and I'm going to turn my will and my life over to God. Now, my will is my thinking. My life is my actions. All right? Now, that doesn't mean that all that I'm going to do is go to AA meetings. Okay? And I fulfill that obligation in my third step. The obligation in the third step is that I am willing to change all my thinking and think along the lines of what I perceive my God would do, and that I am going to live by that knowledge. That's a big, strong statement. It's not just turn, turn it over, turn it over, all right? That's a commitment. There's my third step. 
It's a commitment to God, to myself, and to the human being that I am, and to everybody in my life, and to the world at large, that I'm going to change who I am. That's a strong, powerful, uh, insightful, but yet awesome task to do. Because, see, I came in here self-centered. And hopefully I'll put that aside. Just like the two-year-old that's totally self-centered that when Mama leaves the room, that Mama must have died and she, they're all alone. Okay? That's how I came in here as that little baby. Okay? On a lot of levels. Even though I could belly up to the bar, uh, go back to back uh, uh, in a fight. All right? That didn't prove my manhood. It just proved that I had a certain uh, male testosterone in me. Okay? Uh, and and uh, today I walk the walk of following my truth. And I'm the man that I knew I was all along but couldn't do it because I was in denial of what I needed to do. And what I needed to do was surrender and accept that fact in my first three steps. So the first three steps are the foundation steps as we talked about. My first step is the foundation. The second step is the cornerstone. And my third step is the keystone. It holds the arch that I'm going to walk through to freedom. We went over the fourth step last week. The fourth step is going to identify a preponderance of or the grosser handicaps of what I brought into program. And what I brought into program was a lot of fear, rage, anger, resentment. And that kept me out and also the guilt of the harms that I did and I never addressed them. That's what we looked at last week in our fourth step. All right. And as I'm going to be redundant here and repeat what I said. The basic thing is to get it done. All right? You bring into it honest, open, and willing. And no matter if you do it that way and you write it down or you uh, sit with a sponsor, they write it down and uh, you come into the fifth step with a full or at least an understanding of who you are and what you brought into program, that is sufficient for your fourth step. It does not have to be perfect because if it going to be perfect, I'll never get around to completing it, and then I, I, don't, and then I don't have to change, all right, because I am uh, a passive-aggressive SOB, and I have perfected my resistance to change. That's who I am, and this is the awareness that it's going to come about. So when I commit it to paper or I finally own it to another human being, if I can't write, I'm illiterate, and there's been people that come in here that are truly illiterate and can't write. We help them with that. That's what we're about. We're to be a service to people and a willingness to be the service to people, which means that I have to do away with my self-centeredness. And if I can't understand what makes me self-centered and display those character traits in my life, I am not going to understand what I need to change. These middle steps... Uh, five through nine, contrary to some other beliefs in AA, they say that we do the steps over and over again. Well, these middle steps, as I understand them to be, is to clear up the wreckage of the past in a process. All right? And I'll, I'll reaffirm that, especially when we get into the tenth step. Okay? Uh, but I'll give you a little peek. The tenth step says our new stuff that we've become aware of. So it's not about repeating the old stuff, okay? That doesn't mean if you think that it's uh, possible you don't sit down and write. That's not what that means. What it means is that these middle steps are what I'm going to clear up to become new. I like uh, uh, liken it to 
uh, a forge, all right? I am going to put me in that forge and I'm going to create steel of sobriety, all right? That means I have to burn my way into that steel of sobriety. But I don't temper it until I get to the tenth step. I've already made this deal because I've changed from all those iron nuggets and whatnot that they put into that forge and I, I come out with a uh, beam of steel. And then for the rest of my life, I'm going to hammer it and form it into a life of service. That's what my 10th, 11th, and 12th are for. And we'll get into that in next week. All right? So these middle steps are, all those veterans out there, it's akin to basic training in AIT. You don't get into the stuff of freewheeling in that tank until you go through basic and uh, AIT. So it's the same thing. These middle steps are uh, uh, a basic change of character from civilian life into where we're going, all right, or from a drunk life into a new life. This is what we're going to form. These are what those middle steps, and that's uh, how I've uh, come to understand them. Uh, and then we maintain what we have and enhance it and polish it and hone it in our 10th, 11th, and 12th because they continue to take an inventory and so on. Okay, so we're up to the fifth step and that starts on page 72. And if you haven't guessed already, I'm an advocate of uh, the Little Red Book. And the Little Red Book, for those that haven't been here before, uh, is a, a publication started in uh, pamphlet form in the 40s was made, uh, as far as I can determine, uh, in the mid-50s into a book, uh, and then it's uh, the last uh, date that I have on it, it was apparently changed in the 70s. Uh, but the, the book was called, in pamphlet form, the interpretation or the orthodox interpretation of the 12 steps. And as I went over in the first step, is that they took their program seriously. They had fun, they didn't take themselves seriously, but they took their program seriously. I just want to give you a little uh, indication of what they uh, thought of about step five. If we have been honest and thorough with our personal inventory, we have listed and analyzed our character defects and have recorded the harm we have caused others. We have a list of our greater handicaps and imperfections and also the names of people who have suffered as a result of our unmanageable lives and insane behavior. The exact nature of our wrongs is now admitted to God and ourselves and then talk over with a third person. That's our fifth step. Alcoholic rationalization balks at this honest procedure, discounting the need of admitting anything to another human being. So he also understood the resistance, all right? But any time we see resistance in our program, or any time I see resistance in my program, what I have to do is go back to my first step. And I see that I told myself in my first step that I was willing to go to any lengths. So if I'm willing to go to any lengths, resistance be damned, the speed bump of life be damned, I put it aside and I pocket my pride. I happen to have, when I did my uh, fifth step, uh, I had already uh, talked to my sponsor. My sponsor was living up in Montreal at the time. Uh, I said, I'm ready to do it. And he starts to go into, uh, and I lived in Brooklyn, and uh, he goes into about, uh, the thing about the selection of it. There's no selection. Walter got my fifth step. I drove up to Montreal. It wasn't because I was hiding anything. 
One of the things that I pinned out is that I'm loyal. He took me through the steps, the first three, and the fourth. He's going to get my fifth. To me, it was that simple. Uh, but the selection process uh, shouldn't be too much more difficult than that. You need somebody that understands where you're coming from, even if they, you have to teach them where you're coming from. And it's perfectly okay to teach somebody what you're about, because you need to acquaint. And hopefully somebody that is spiritually based. So if you feel, after meditation, that you need to go to a priest, you go to a priest. That's what we do in the uh, uh, program. We take inventory, we see the solution, we go take it. That's all our program is about. So if you feel uh, whatever, whoever it is that you take your fifth step or give your fifth step, you don't take it, you give it, and hopefully the benefit will start coming back. Okay, on uh, uh, 72.2, this actual... In actual practice, we usually find a solitary self-appraisal insufficient. Many of us thought necessary to go much further. We will be more reconciled to discussing ourselves with another person when we see good reasons for it. Okay, there's the problem. And as uh, we've said before, once we've come up with a problem in a big book, they're going to give us the solution. And here's the solution. If we skip this step, this vital step, we may not overcome drinking. Okay, it's simple. All right. Remember your first step. Uh, promise that you're willing to go to any length uh, to get sober. All right. On page top of page 73, first paragraph—not uh, the first paragraph, but the top paragraph, the continuation from the page before. Having persevered with the rest of the program, they wondered why they fell. We think the reason that they never completed their house cleaning, and this is going to be a, a part and parcel of the completion of our housekeeping. They took inventory, all right, but hung on to some of the worst items in stock. What's that? Shame, fear. That's what we're supposed to identify in our thing. They only thought they had lost their egoism and fear. They only thought they had humbled themselves, but they had not learned enough humility, fearlessness, and honesty. And humble humility, fearlessness, and honesty really is the prod that that willingness to go to any length overcomes. And in this sense, we find it necessary until someone, they told someone else all their life story. And another way of saying it, all their truth, because that's what moral is. A moral inventory is the truth about me, all right? You don't go into a store and take inventory in the store and say you have uh, three shelves full of stuff when there's nothing on the shelves. And conversely, you don't say that there's only one thing on the shelf when there's ten things on the shelf. All that it is is the truth. And there is nothing that we put down on that fourth step that we didn't know already. It's just that we didn't see it all at once. And that's what it's about. And uh, they give an example. He pushes these memories, and that's on 73.2, far outside himself. Hope they will never see the day of light. He is under constant fear and tension. That makes for more drinking. Now, there is a caveat in there. And again, going to the point of perfection. We deny things so many times and so often that we become immune to what the truth is. So we're not going to know it at times at this point in our sobriety. It's going to take maybe one, ten, twenty, a hundred, ten steps. Okay? And one of the things that uh, I, I've been very fortunate enough, I do a lot of 12-stepping, is that during those 12 steps, 
I start remembering when, the denial, the resistance, and son of a gun. You know, that's better than an inventory sometimes, you know. At the bottom, 73-4, we must, here's an operative word, must, entirely honest, uh, be entirely honest with somebody if we expect to live long or happily in this world. Rightly and naturally, we think well before the choice of the person of persons with whom we should take this intimate and confidential step, because that's what it is, all right? So yes, we need to be cautious, but we don't need to be neurotically where we're resistant to any change, okay? And uh, there's a rule on uh, the last sentence in uh, 74.1. The rule is we must be hard on ourselves, but always considerate of others. Well, this is our inventory, okay? It's not what I did because of, all right? And when we own it to this other person, we stick to our own responsibilities, not anybody else's. Page 75, one, when we find that person, when we decide is who to hear the story, we waste no time. Again, it's time effective. There's the direction. We waste no time. 75.2 gives us the fifth step promises. We hear the uh, other promises uh, almost every time uh, we go to an AA meeting. Uh, once we have taken a step, withholding nothing, we are delighted. We can look the world in the eye. We can be alone at perfect peace with and ease. Our fears fall from us. We be feel the nearness of our Creator. We may have certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. And here's where the spiritual experience comes from. Not the relief of uh, not drinking, but here's where the spiritual experience truly begins. The feeling that that drink problem has disappeared. Okay, we don't not drink. The drink problem disappears. We feel we are on the broad highway walking hand-in-hand with the spirit of the universe, all right? And truly, you will, or I had felt that, and the people that I have, the sense of relief, the sense of connectedness comes from being honest. There's the operative word, and there's the result, and there's the promises that the fifth step gives us. And it gives us directions upon when we complete it. In the next paragraph, page 75.3, we thank God for that second line, that third line down. We thank God from the bottom of our hearts that we know Him better. Taking this book down from our shelf, we turn the page which contains the 12 steps. Carefully reading the first five proposals, we ask. Okay, and any time you ask, the natural thing is, is that's a prayer. All right, when you see the word ask in the big book, that's the prayer. Rereading the first five proposals and proposals of principles and principles of steps. So you go back to page 58 and you look at uh, all of them and you ask, have we omitted anything? For we are building an arch. There's another metaphor for what we're doing. For which we shall walk a free man at last. We ask ourselves, are the stones properly placed? Those are the steps. The cement is the action we have done and and the mortar uh, is made out of the... Uh, is what's going to hold the bricks together. And that's our God, the power of God. Okay, is all that put together. Okay, 
Again, what is it doing? It's asking us to do an inventory of what we just did, which is an inventory and a sharing of our inventory. All right? So old dummy here says, my goodness, they're asking me to do inventory. And that's what we do. We do inventory. We constantly look at ourselves. Right. If you haven't felt any one of these things and uh, felt relief, Okay, when I left my sponsor, I was up in Montreal, I didn't have a shelf to pull it down. I was very anal, you know. Should I put it up on a shelf and take it down so I follow the directions? Okay? But with that honesty, okay, I, I, it sounds silly now, but at the time, should I look for a shelf? did not seem so silly. All right? And I, and, I, I, and I went to one of the finer restaurants up in Montreal and I sat down and had myself a steak while I reviewed the book and I reviewed my uh, fourth step to see if I, you know, so I had to give myself some pleasure. So maybe that's where I had my spiritual experience. I don't know. All right. When we're satisfied with that, we come to six. Okay, step six and step seven. And that's on page 76. Okay. Now, I gave out a handout. If you look on uh, the column side, you'll, you won't find that in the big book, all right? But uh, this is a compilation of uh, uh, a bunch that I've picked up. Uh, I've mixed and matched. Uh, but basically, this is what six and seven steps are about. Remember, I gave you the... Uh, uh, it's the basic training of the forge that's going to fire the steel. All right? And this is what we do. We start looking at those things. Number one, aggressive. Why am I aggressive? Okay? I have identified that because it's on my field list. That's my defense against you to coming in and rattling my cage. I'm going to keep you away with aggression. All right? Some people uh, think it's my New York attitude. No, it's my aggression, you know? I've tempered it, trust me. And if you don't, anyway, uh, that's what I mean. We can take ourselves, we don't have to take ourselves serious. But I do take my program serious and I do try to uh, uh, bring into my life uh, of love and service uh, and I'll code love and tolerance. I'm not perfect at it by any means, but that's what uh, uh, the program is asking me to do. And how am I going to identify the specific things? And this is important for me to identify the specific things that I use to keep the sunlight of the spirit out of my life. So all those things on the left column, the flaws of the character defects, these are the things we're going to give to God. Very simple. Just like we gave our drink problem to God, we're going to give these to God. All right? Now, there's a vacuum created. And the vacuum is that I need to replace it with something. Nice and simple, isn't it? The program ain't for rocket science. You know? I'm going to apply those things in my life. So if, I'm, uh, if I can see myself as aggressive, belligerent, I'm going to work on my good-naturedness and my gentle forgiving. Okay? Now, I know it's not edited too well, because if you look down here on the resentful, on the other side is bitter and hateful. Okay? But there is the last one, forgiving. 
All right? So when I edited, I split them up, but I didn't split them up perfectly. So, but I'm sure if you sit in meditation, you'll see that resentful, bitter, and hateful should be on the left column. Okay? <laughs> just, just, I, I'm sure. Unless, as we identified uh, uh, in, in step one, that the barriers to success was brain that one of them was brain damage. You know, so unless there's brain damage, I, I'm pretty sure we will. Now they they banter back and forth about character defects and character shortcomings. What's this? Bill said it needed to make up another one, and this and that, and all, all, all the. I don't know what's true. I've asked, uh, uh, and uh, so. I just put it down as simple as this. Shortcomings are things that I am not doing that I need to do. And that's on uh, the back of that page. And defects are those things that I'm doing that I need to stop. Quite simple. Now, if I'm being aggressive, that's a defect. If I'm procrastinating, that's a shortcoming. Okay, you, you, you see. Something that I'm not doing that I should be doing. I'm being resistant, I'm dragging my feet, that's a shortcoming. I'm not doing something. When I'm doing something that keeps the sunlight of the spirit out. All right? And the reason for this list is not to say, oh my goodness, what a long list I have. All right? What it is, is to be able to specifically identify, because just putting fears down and understanding that I am fearful without identifying the source or a label to it at another level for me has been insufficient. I need to get down to causes and conditions, how I truly keep people away, keep God away from my life, how I've acted in my past and with what and what tools, because actually character traits are tools and character traits are those that keep uh, the sunlight of the spirit away from me and those that open me up to receiving that. All right? So uh, that's why it's uh, somewhat of an extension list. And then I give the caveat at the end, any other dysfunctional ways of acting, feeling, or thinking which cause others or me pain. Because me being the creative rationalization person that I am, I'll come up with one that's not on the uh, liability list and say, oh, I can keep that one, all right? Also, when people come in, or when I came in, there was a certain element, even though I had uh, slight hubris and an ego, uh, I also was suffering low self-esteem, all right? Now, my low self-esteem told me that I didn't have many assets so I needed those character defects to help me through life. Well, see, in my prayer and meditation, I come up with the fact that uh, God has made me perfect. God has made me whole. So there is nothing that I lack to overcome the deficiencies that I wish to give my God in my sixth and seventh step. I am a perfect human being and I give God my negative like I gave God my drinking problem. And when I work fervently at that, these go away. When I bring in the lack of trust of my God, when I bring into my life my fears and my resentments, 
these come back to me. So these are the principles that I'm going to start to develop today to be able to practice in my 12th, the third part of my 12th step. These are the principles of working and reworking who I am. This is where the bulk of the work comes. Even though I'm doing away with what I brought in from the past, these things are going to crop up, and that's where my maintenance steps will come in, and we will see that next week. So on page 76, the beginning, because it is the sm shortest of the steps, all right? You have two steps on one page, and me, the drunk, will tell you, hey, don't have to worry about it, all right? It's just a short two paragraphs, three paragraphs. What do I need to do it for? In very real actuality, it is the bulk of what we do. We're changing a lifetime of behaviors. We're changing our basic makeup, and remember, a complete conversion of thought, as we saw in the earlier chapters under the first step, that I, that's what I need to do to turn around and recreate Dowdell. And the reason I need to recreate myself is because of who I became, because of my disease, and I, again, I am willing to do anything and everything to get well. Bar nothing. Step six, right at the top. Uh, and uh, it starts off when we can answer to our satisfaction, and that is when we sit and uh, meditate over the first five proposals. And when I can answer to the satisfaction of the questions in the previous paragraph, then we look at step six. We have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Are we now ready to let God remove all these things which we have admitted are objectionable? Can he now take them all, every one? If we still cling to something, we will not let go. We ask God to help us become willing. So they already see, and the founders were intuitive, that my aggression, in the, in the case that it being on the first one on the list, I was not truly willing to let go of that for a while. Intellectually, I said, okay, I'm willing to be Melba Milk Toast. Okay? Huh. Between the preamble and the hour of father, I still got to live outside in that real world out there that these turkeys don't know nothing about. All right? Started being nice to the neighbors. Now, that was contradictory, you know, to who I've been. I started saying hello to the paper boy, you know. These are the things I do step by step because I prayed for the willingness to do it. I didn't use my alcohol denial to say, screw that, I know what I need to do, just not drink and go to meetings. Because, see, it's about a life-transforming way of life not to remain the same. Because how many times do you hear somebody say, I want to change, I want to change, and they're not willing to change? No change, no change. It's as simple as that. All right? So we ask God to help us to become willing, and it's going to show, you know. And it's like Fonzie sometimes. You know, I don't like to say I'm sorry. You know, I'm so, 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 so whatever Fonzie did, you know. I get up there and I swallow my pride because that's what my pride is because I don't want you to think I'm something that I don't even know who I am. 
But when we get to learn who I am, I get more comfortable with who I am, and I have trust in my God. And it's not that I don't care what you think of me, okay? Because I do. I ask people to take my inventory. Sometimes I make a mistake at that. <laughs> All right? You know, they tell me what I don't want to hear. You know, I only want you to tell me the good stuff, and the stuff I've already dealt with that I don't care about. And that's the ones that I'm currently, okay? When I'm ready, I say something like this, and this is actually the seventh step prayer, all right? So I'm becoming willing to let go of my shortcomings, and this is where I'm going to give my God my defect. And if uh, we can all say it together, my Creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellow. Grant me strength to go well from here to do your bidding. Amen. We have then completed step seven. Okay, the step is a step. That doesn't mean the work is completed. I say the seventh step prayer with my love a lot. And because we know each other so well and we know ourselves so well, that uh, we go, I pray that you now remove from me every single defect because I know myself. I am reluctant on everything. You know, there are some things that I have prided myself into, but I need to reinforce that everything. The essence of it is to know, and that's what the list is for, to know what you're turning over. So if you stick that list in this page as uh, we go on, if you see a character trait that you seem to be exhibiting and that you know that you need to do something with, identify it before you give it away because it's important or I found it to be very important. Now this brings us to step eight and nine. Funny how it follows right in the, uh, right after that. And we're going to repair, restore, reparate, compensate. That's what we're going to do to the people that we've harmed. On your handout, they take some basic categories, and they're going to be in here, but I just pull, uh, called them out of the reading. We've already made the list. There's no real separate list, but you're going to break down the list a little bit different, at least to understand it a little bit more because those are your character traits. And the basic categories of the list of those that we've harmed are those we hate or resent because we usually have done something to them, those we owe monetary reparations to, those which were the incidences of some criminal or crime behavior that I might have uh, caused, and domestic, and domestic includes friends, family, sisters, brothers, and whatnot, society as a whole, all right? And those are the four categories they usually fall under, all right? Now, our right step says to become willing, all right? And again, as with our and I don't mean to give anybody a, a back door, we're not going to be totally willing. As I said last week or the week before, when I, I, I came in with the first three steps I fully believe under my belt when I came in for my first AA meeting because I was 12-stepped in a way that 
after I finished, I was willing to go to any lengths, uh, including go to these meetings, which I had no idea about. And I was willing to rely on a higher power to deal with my drinking only because I could handle the rest. Uh, uh, and, but I was willing to go to any lengths. And in my first meeting, I saw that ninth step. And that's the only one that my intellectual rationalization couldn't get around because it's dead sure that you go make amends to the people you harmed. You know, the other ones I could finagle, God in my understanding, well, yeah, I know God, you know, whatever. All right, but that one I couldn't get around. Why? Because I was resistant, I was guilty, and I was still full of rage. Some of the people out there, in my opinion, deserve what I gave them. See, I always rationalized and justified my behavior. I would never give you the same courtesy. All right? So if that was the rule for me to go to any length, I was already having my doubts that I was going to be able to do it. So when you come to this step, you put the categories that we just talked about into three separate columns. The ones that we can do immediately, and that's on the back there. The ones that we're resistant on, but we're still willing to do it, but uh, it uh, throws up some uh, fear and uh, trepidation. Okay. And then those that are willing that there ain't no way in hell that I'm going to do it. All right. That's realistic to what we bring in, and it, it, it is covered in here, and we're going to go over it, but I just wanted to lay that out for you. The reason being is that when I was willing to go to any lengths, when I first came in, you wouldn't have me going into a jail talking to convicts like I do today. Wouldn't do it. Wouldn't have thought of doing it, because still I was still full of judgment remorse, condemnation, and I was still playing God on a lot of levels. And my God had to remove it, and it was only removed because I was willing to have it removed. But it didn't come overnight. So these three uh, columns that you put them in, and the first column is usually the simplest one, that's the, uh, and usually the simplest because uh, the guilt stimulates me to be a good father and a good uh, son, yada, yada, yada. Sometimes. Not all the time. Uh, but it's the restitution of the immediate people in your last circle of friends that you have before you came into the program. Okay? Because if you're like me, I've left a lot of circles back there. You know? You're awake. Okay? because I wasn't the most pleasant person near the end of my drinking. But anyway, I'm talking about the literal circle of friends that I had at the end. Those were the people that stuck with me, but probably uh, if I take inventory on their part, they were my enablers. Those are basically the only ones that the drunk at the end of their drinking has around them, because uh, if they ain't an enabler and you ain't helping me drink, I don't want you around me because you're not going to give me what I want, and what I want is to continue drinking. So th those friends are usually the ones that I also step and run through the life as it talks about as a tornado. 
So that's an overview of uh, 8 and 9, and we're going to do uh, 8 and 9 now. Now we need more action, and we're on 76, uh, paragraph 3. Without which we find that faith without works is dead. Let's look at step 8 and 9. We have a list of all persons we have harmed and to whom we are willing to make amends. We make it when we took inventory. We subjected ourselves to a drastic self-appraisal. Now we go into... We go out to our fellows and repair the damage done in the past. Now, this is also setting up you for the maintenance steps. You're starting to clear up the past. The maintenance is the current way we live. This is for our past deeds. Although when I take inventory in my 10th step today and uh, see that I've done a harm earlier that day, Technically, that's in the past also. But we bring the principles that we learn in this step into the making right in our 10th step. All right? Because our, uh, when we were wrong, promptly admitted it, implicit in that uh, admission is the willingness to repair the harm that I've done, and that's my 10th step. We attempt to sweep away the debris which has accumulated out of our effort to live on self-will and run the show ourselves. That's playing God, and we haven't the will to do this. We ask until it comes. Remember, it was agreed at the beginning we would go to any lengths for our victory over alcohol. So what are they saying? When you become willing, or if you're resistant to become willing, you pray and you go back to your first step. Remember your first step. Remember the first day you walked in here. Just the act of coming in here was something that you didn't want to do, but it was in any length just to breach the doorway. Okay? So it's with the same tenacity, the same attitude, and the same love that you have for yourself today to do the work. Or I have for me. Step nine is a humbling step. That's one of the principles we practice in our 12th step, humility. Because it is about going to a person and owning what it is that we're responsible for. On page 77, a uh, few lines down, humility will give us this. Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be maximum service to God and the people about us. And we cannot be of maximum service, or I cannot be a maximum service if I don't humbly start rectifying what I have done. Down at the end of that paragraph, desire to set right the wrong. Okay? Now, there's a not necessary here. It set, fully says, but our man is sure to be impressed with a sincere desire to set right the wrong. That's an expectation, and I have no expectations of anyone else when I do my work. I have an expectation for me to do it as honestly as I can, but I don't expect a pat on the back or, my goodness, where you've been all these years, I've been waiting for you to come and apologize to me. Okay? An apology is insufficient, by the way, and we'll get into that. 
The real question on the next uh, paragraph is the question of how to approach the man we hated will arise. It may be he has done more harm than we have done to him. Though we may have acquired a better attitude towards him, we are still not too keen to admitting our faults. Now that's ego. But when I start to begin to trust my God, my third step, my ego is deflated. I begin to have a sense of beingness with my God. And it's not about me. It's about me being of service to others, and that person is another. We take the bit in our teeth. Remember those five o'clock in the mornings when you got home and went straight to work? You took the bit in your teeth. Well, here we take the bit in our teeth. We go to him in a helpful and forgiving spirit, confessing our former ill feeling and expressing our regret. I remember somebody did a 10-step to me, and it was, uh, in my opinion, it was an inappropriate 10-step. He went to his sponsor and really reamed me from one end uh, to the other and whatnot. And the sponsor said, you're angry, resentful, yada, yada, yada. But then he said something that uh, I didn't agree with. He said, you owe this guy a 10-step, man. You, you, re you really reamed him. You know, you calumny was the... Uh... And uh, so he calls me up and tells me how, how and what he thought of me. And then he's offering me a 10-step. I said, you didn't need to call me up and tell me that. <laughs> you know? So that's why it's good to at least know your sponsor and do some prayer and meditation before... He, before it's nothing that I didn't know uh, anyway, you know, but I, I just found it cute. But I also saw that he was making an effort at cleansing his side because he had to swallow a lot of pride because he did own in it that he saw himself in me. Okay, that's the learning lesson that he could have had and he, and he did get, but he didn't need to bring me into it, okay? But it was cute that he did that. And that's why it's important... Uh, to do somebody that has gone through the work before, all right? And I'm not a sponsor that tells people what to do. Well, very rarely I will tell anybody. <laughs> uh, and uh, my experience is in working the steps, not making amends to your wife. I don't know how to make amends to your wife. I do know how to make amends to my wife. I also know how to sit in meditation. That I can share with you. I can also know how I do inventory. That I can share with you. But what you say to your wife or your spouse, I have no opinion on it. I shouldn't. I'm not in your shoes. This is a program of responsibility and self-responsibility and I am responsible for me, not for what you do. What I am responsible for you is to share with you what the steps are, what the steps mean, and how to go about the steps where you will intuitively know what's right or wrong and how to do the things that you were reluctant to do before you came into the program. That's what, to me, is sponsorship is. All right? And I am not your God in life, although you might appreciate the knowledge I have. There's a distinct difference. I don't tell you what to do. Okay? I lead you on how to do it. Uh, a, a sponsor is a guide. Okay? 
That's going to get. That's going to come back at me. I know it. But anyway, <laughs> on 77.2, under no condition do we criticize. So if I have a harm that I don't do, I don't say I'm sorry. But you were the real sob in that instance anyway. But I'm just here to clear up the past. All right. I made it. Uh, a ninth step uh, to this one person one day and somebody else that was involved in it through their fear, guilt, remorse, sorrow, resistance, whatever it was, intervened as I was talking to this person and stopped the amends in the tracks. Okay. The only thing I can say is that I'm, uh, I guess they were fearful that I would have brought them in on it. And I didn't. I was there to right my wrong, not their wrong. They didn't know it, or apparently didn't know it, by their actions. Okay, but I, the amends was just about complete. Uh, I was up to the point of, is there anything I can do to rectify the past? So when I go to somebody, it's truly self-centered, all about me. It has nothing to do with anybody else. And like you hear in the meetings, the ninth step, I have to make amends to myself. No. My experience has shown I have 12 steps. That one's for them. Okay. Uh, we're on page 78. It gives somewhat of a promise. On 78.1, rarely do we fail to make satisfactory progress. There again, they're telling you don't have any expectations. It's about what you do and the honesty with which you do it. Uh, first line of 78.2 and 78.3, they talk about the money uh, and the criminal offense that may have been, and we already uh, looked at that uh, list of uh, uh, that category. That's where I took that, uh, those things from. All right. We do not dodge our creditors, but we do pray to see how we can best help. And here's another reason why not to listen to people that tell you what to do. No one knows your finances. No one knows what you have to do. And there are creative ways there was, uh, of doing it and doing your amends. There's no way that I can go back and pay anonymous people back what I stole or what I damaged. But I can, in today, be charitable, open, and responsive with the humility that knows that I'm clearing up that wreckage anonymously. So it's in the creativeness, and I get that intuitiveness and that knowledge from in my prayers and meditations of what I need to do to set that right, because that's on my list. And here's the validation for that. Although these reparations, and it was 79-1, take innumerable forms, there are some general principles. Reminding ourselves that we have decided to go to any length. There's that again, They're asking us to review the first step. To find a spiritual experience, and that's what we're looking for. We're not looking not to drink. We're looking to have a spiritual experience. Not to drink, not to drink, not to drink. I don't think I can say that any more than I already have. 
It's not about not drinking. It's about having a spiritual experience. It's wonderful if anybody in here is dry in abstinence, and I applaud you. But for me, it's about having a spiritual experience to be free and at one with my God. We ask that we be given strength and direction to do the right thing no matter what the personal consequence, and a double underlined personal, because we'll attend to that in a second. We may lose our position or reputation or face jail, but we are willing, we have to be, we must not shrink from anything. And I've had both experiences, not by me, but by people I've uh, sponsored, that uh, they face jail and they were willing to do the right thing and they owned up to it. And there were others that couldn't because of the burden it would put on their family. I don't tell them which way to go. They have to resolve that between them and their God. I do not have the ability and I certainly no longer have the audacity to tell them what to do. That is a personal opinion and a personal choice between that person and their God. I have no truck with it one way or the other. I can't. That's my truth. But we mustn't shrink at anything, it goes on to say. Usually, however, when other people are involved, therefore we are not to be hasty or a foolish martyr. All right? Because if you look back on your character trait list, you'll find hasty and foolish somewhere within that left column. Okay? And that's what we give to God, and we become resolute, discerned, and directive. That's what we apply in our lives. And we take pause before we take any foolish action. Okay, so there's a lot of creative ways of making restitution in order to balance the scales, call it karma, call it what goes around, comes around, whatever you want to do, whatever your belief is, that's fine. But we do do the doing. Here's what I said before on the top of page 80, paragraph 1. Before taking drastic action we, uh, which might implicate other people, we can... Uh, we secure their consent. If, in other words, if I have to do, or, uh, or if I at least think I have to implicate somebody else, I secure their consent. If they say yes, fine. And it goes on to say about the person uh, whose wife and uh, business partner was, partner was uh, uh, consulted prior to making an amend, a public amend to this uh, person. That's what we do. All right, but not. If it's going to harm the other person, we don't really have to ask. And harm, I'm, I'm talking about if I've committed a crime in, uh, or in, in, in an example, but this could be, you know, uh, any situation that uh, would, that if I could go to jail and I'm willing to go to jail and I need to set the scales right, I can't tell uh, that uh, my partner in crime was X, Y, and Z. I can't bring them in on it. I have to stand the weight myself. Okay, so it says that, that after consulting with his partner, he came to the conclusion that he was better to take these risks than to stand before his creator. And his partner and his wife were inconsistent and collaboration, collaboration with him. He saw that he had to place the outcome in God's hands. And that's what we do most of the time, be willing to do it. All right. Now, I may have cheated with this woman at one time, and I have no right 
to go to the husband and say, my apologies for cheating with your wife. All right? Now, there is a harm done there, okay? Because, in effect, I did participate in a harm. What creative way can I now work to restore that? What I do is look for a similar vein of that in my daily life or in my daily workings with other people. And a good example of that is when I see a 13 step in action, I'll step in it. Okay? You women ain't getting away with everything. Okay. The 13 step says does not have a gender on it. Okay? I step lightly, though, because it's still none of my business. But if I see a harm about to take place, I, I, I need to at least be proactive in uh, uh, what, I, what I need to do. So we place the outcome in God's hands. On the handout list, there is uh, a way to approach. Uh, we gain consent of the person. And how we do that, person letter, it doesn't make a difference, but we need to gain their consent. We share with them what they do. In a sense, that's an apology, and you can put the uh, uh, apology words to that. Okay. We admit our total faults and our responsibility in the action, putting aside all theirs or anyone else's, and the last thing we do, because, you know, if, if I owe somebody $10 and it was 30 years ago, you know, I ask him, is there anything else that I can write the wrong? He might ask for interest. <laughs> Whatever form that interest comes in. I sit in meditation and ask if it's right and I own it. That's what the, uh, the last part of the amend is. And then, after I commit the amend and complete the amend, it's over. Look on your list again, see if there's self-judgment, self-condemnation, carrying guilt, remorse, and whatnot. That's on the left column, or should be. All right? Somewhere along there is beating yourself up or words to that effect. It's over, done with, you give it to God after that, the amend is done. The ones you're resistant on will start coming into light. The more you, uh, I work my program, the more amenable I am to the amends. And the ones that I am totally resistant to, those walls start falling down. On 82.2, Okay, uh, before we go to 2, go to 82.1, and this is what I was talking about, about sponsorship and uh, their opinion on what it is. And in here, uh, although they give the allusion to a wife and cheating and so on and so forth, I take it to everything or I attempt to take it to everything that I sponsor with. And that is that uh, there are some cases where the utmost frankness is demanded, and that's, uh, they, they set that up in the previous paragraphs. But here is the thing. 
No outsider can appraise such an intimate situation. In other words, it falls on our shoulders or my shoulders to complete the amends and to do it as honestly as I can do it. And it tells you the direction. Write two sentences down. Each might pray about it. And keeping the person utmost in their mind, not my pride, not my ego. On page 82, two, right below that, third, uh, second uh, sentence, sometimes we hear an alcoholic say the only thing he needs to do is keep sober. Well, actually what they're talking about in here is abstinence, abstinence from alcohol, sobriety as we talked about earlier uh, in one of the other is sobriety is sound and sane thinking. It's not abstinence of body. Okay, sober thought. That's the definition. And in the, that, with that thinking in my mind is that certainly he must keep abstinence, for there will be no home if he doesn't, but he is a long way from making good to wife and parents. So my mere not drinking is insufficient for a spiritual awakening. It's absolutely necessary to begin one but just mere abstinence is not good enough. I need to be willing to go to any length, and that's reinforced by the humility of this step and in uh, talking about these mid-steps again. It's a forge to create the steel of my future sobriety. So I'm going to be doing things differently than I have before. I'm going to bend and make that steel as strong as I can, and when it comes out to the forge, I'm going to temper it in steps 10, 11, and 12. So staying sober is only a beginning of amends to family, and in and of itself is nothing. The action is needed, becoming the father, husband, son, daughter necessary for each individual. It reaffirms this on the top of page 83. One, there's a long period of reconstruction. It doesn't say abstinence. There's a long period of reconstruction. That means building. That means changing. That means becoming. 83.2 is a reaffirmation of what we've been talking about. The spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. Live what? What is the it? The it is the program. We have to live the steps. We walk in the prayer. I walk in the prayer. It doesn't mean I'm perfect about it naturally, but I walk in the prayer. There's a poet, I can't think of his name, he's one, uh, Waldo, is it Emerson? Forget what, but uh, I'm going to paraphrase him anyway. I can't remember his name, so he's not going to get a credit because I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it. But uh, nothing speaks so loudly as our actions. Okay, so I can talk a good talk. It's in my actions that it's done. So it's with that in mind that I have to live the steps. And they uh, are redundant uh, in that thought on page 83.2 at the bottom of uh, that paragraph is that our behavior will convince them more than our words. Because remember our words all those, those times in the, in the past is 
I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'll never do it again, da 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 and, and really were meaningless. It was just to get the heat off. Please don't bug me now, I'm, I got a hangover. That's really, what we, that's really what we were saying. Okay, a little more elaborate than that, but nonetheless. Okay, and on 83.3, we should be sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble with ourselves without being servile or scraping. As God's people, we stand on our feet and do not crawl before anything. That's not arrogance, that's confidence, that's trust in my God. That's what I, uh, that's a pre-promise to our promises that we're going to come on to right now. And these are the promises that we, uh, the ninth step promises. And as we saw up until this point, there are many promises throughout the big book. They're just not the ninth step promises. I think the more powerful promises are uh, in the tenth step promises, which we will get to next week. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see that our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and ease economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Okay? And that really completes step 10. Uh, uh, step 9. Thank you. Hey. I'm only leading the seminar, right? Yeah. There was a little faulty communication with me and him just now. I don't like to take responsibility even if it's today. I screwed up. Is there anything I can do to make up for it? See? One of the things that uh, I like to do at the end of a seminar is read the last paragraph in A Vision for You. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to Him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you... Find and join us. We shall be with you in fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the happy road to destiny. Thanks a lot. Peace and love.